Amen. Well, good. Everybody's got their handouts. We're ready to jump in. How many like this weather changing? Is that kind of cool? I mean, I know it's cool, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, that's, that was not supposed to be like that. But anyway, uh, it's, it's a big difference, isn't it? Things changing and stuff and different seasons. And as we look at uh, God's word, you know, it has something to speak to us in every season of our life. And, you know, and, and that's what's so cool about it because God's word is so powerful and so alive that you could be going through something. You could be going through something. I've been going through something. And we can preach that same word, but the Holy Spirit has the ability and the love and the grace to tune it to what's going on in your life. And I think that's amazing that um, when, when I think about that, I put that up against the backdrop of the universe and think about the love that God has for us. So what I wanted to do here, I'm kind of building, it's kind of almost like a series. It didn't start out like that, but it's kind of the way God has been leading the last few weeks in this. We started out uh, last week with the drifting Christian, right? We understand sometimes we need to recalculate, right? Recomputing, recomputing, and get back in the game for the Lord. He allows U-turns and, and second chances and thirds and fourths, right? And now today, the title of our sermon is this, Cultivating the Character of Christ in the Heart of the Believer, all right? It's kind of a long title there, but I want, I want to talk about that a little bit. Cultivating the character of Christ in the heart of the believer. Now, primarily we're going to be talking about the heart of those that have given their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. However, we're going to talk about those that have not yet made that decision. And so what I want to do is kind of parallel that and then just keep walking. And next weekend, I just found out this is going to be a really awesome time, that what I wanted to do from here as I was, I was praying in the shower, as usual, and then just going, man, that would be really cool, God, thanks. Um, I thought, you know, we went from drifting, now we're cultivating the heart, and how do we put feet to that? And I think one of the things that would be very helpful is if we had some of our very own loving brothers and sisters to share a little bit of their story. So we're looking at maybe doing that next week. So you guys be praying about that and see how God's going to work that. But it's nothing like a changed life. It's nothing like somebody sharing their story. And so as God takes his word today and cultivates that in, in your heart and my heart, Let's see what he's going to do to impact your family, your work, and everything else, okay? Here we go. I thought. Tim, fix it. Okay. <laughs> All righty, let's see how that's going to go. I'm supposed to go left, right? Or right? Oh, the other right. Like it changed since last week. Anyway, you know why you got to pray for your pastor, right? Here we go. If you guys got your, your word with you today, this is going to be Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That's going to be primary, our launching point for today. But uh, we've got plenty more scripture, so uh, don't feel like we're just going to use you up on one. And even though it would be enough power to last us a lifetime because God's word is so active. Take a look at this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Man, if we could just get that down, we'd be all right, wouldn't we? In all your ways, submit to him and he will direct your paths. So I'm going to get back over here and take a look at some of my notes because I was like really writing some cool stuff down that the Lord was showing me this week that I wanted to share with you guys. So when we look at this, to receive God's guidance, we need to seek God's will. And I want to break some of this down here. We need to turn our lives over to God. That's the submission thing. And then let's face it, it's hard sometimes to do that. We just want to bring him in on the big stuff. You know, we just kind of contract out the little stuff. We'll do that. And then the big stuff, we're like, man, Lord, I'm over my head. We talked about that a little bit last week. Does anybody do that but me? Okay, I'm going to pray for y'all. Because <laughs> everybody else is like, I'm not going to raise my head. I bet you, I bet you there might be a few folks that do that too. However, you know what? God will take us right where we're walking and continue to mold and cultivate our hearts, right? So think about this. 
As we look along this right here, I want to take a few, few minutes to take a look at this. When we start looking, I'm going to break this down. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Okay, that sounds real good. How do we apply that? You know, how do we apply that? And what I start thinking is, I need to know who God is. I need to know his character. I need to know what his track record is, right? Well, where am I going to find that out? In his word, right? Studying his word. See, if we don't know his word, it's really hard to know God, right? That's his love letter to us. Me and Ms. Tiny, like she said, we had an opportunity to do a women's conference yesterday. And there was a bunch of ladies there, and they were very kind to me. I was sitting in the back like this after I played, sticking out like a sore thumb. Found out a very important thing. A very important thing yesterday. I'm going to tell them this. When you wear tight pants, like all the ones I have, (laughs) and you have a lot of keys in your pocket, be sure that you put them in the right ministry partner's pocketbook before you leave. You know, I'm going, I said, oh man, Tanya's over there. I'm like, I'm going to put these in your pocketbook. Okay. I go by and I throw my keys in there. And we play, and we four hours later, when all the ladies are leaving, I'm going, hey, I need my keys. What keys? No keys. I'm going, I don't want to call my wife. We are a long way from home. This is not going to be pretty. So I went, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Leave that on your own understanding. I'm thinking, did I, what did I do? And I'm going, and I'm going around there, and I'm not going to grab some lady's pocketbook or anything. I'm going, excuse me, man. Do you have a big black pocketbook? <laughs> No. Okay. Excuse me, man. <laughs> and finally I said, hey, look, can you all just, whoever's left here, there's like seven ladies left. Could you please look in your pocketbook? And they got, I said, they are very manly looking keys. You know what I mean? Because I don't know any lady looks like, mine looks like the Norfolk jailers, man. I got all types of keys on there and everything else. And this lady goes, I won. I won. <laughs> Total side note. But man, uh, the first thing we did, right, was going, you ain't got them? I got them. You ain't got them? You ain't got them. But we, we, we even thank the Lord. We didn't just go, oh, man, we're going to tear this stuff up. We're going to do this. We're going to call Denise and Tim and try to get a, you know, maybe even get Dave to fly the plane over and find us. Man, we were out there, man. We were way out in Gloucester. And I said, man, you know what God had been cultivating in my heart? You know, let's, let's seek him. So we're praying about that, praying about that. And I was retracking my footsteps. And thank the Lord that that lady had not left. Or we might have been doing church at 12 today because it was late. Total side note, man. But you know what? If we don't know the Lord and we don't know his word, it's hard to trust in him. Sometimes in the midst of that situation, this is the reason I bring it up. In the midst of that situation, I wanted to fix it. And I wanted to fix it now. Because I'm like, she is not being really. Yeah, yeah. How many people know that most ladies are not real happy when they do this? <laughs> Put all their stuff out in the parking lot. <laughs> I'm going, Lord, I need them keys, man. So anyway, she was, she was a trooper because I said, I don't know what you did with them. Anyway, woo, getting to this point, you know what? How much better would we be off if we would submit our hearts and minds and lives to the Lord? You know, And my first thing would have been, hey, uh, we just need to pray for that. It was in the top ten, I'll be honest. But it wasn't the first thing. It was like, oh, no. But you know what? Again, like I said so many times, we just hit God with the big stuff. He, he, he knew where our keys was. And then I started thinking, well, maybe we weren't supposed to drive back over the bridge just yet. Try to, try to lessen the blow. She's like, get them keys. Right on. Yeah. I can read eyes. Oh, my goodness. So we got the trust factor on. Now, when we... Uh, 
deal with different individuals, whether it's at work or in our family and stuff. A lot of times we base that on their track record, don't we? You know, okay, he said he was going to do that, but you know how Joe Blow is, fill in the blank. You know, so you got to plan B, C, and everything else. Let's look at God's trustworthiness, you know, the creator of the universe. And what I want to do is bring peace as we cultivate our hearts of who we belong to. When we've given our life to the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, you are mine. We're in his hands. We're in his care. That doesn't mean we just go, okay, whatever, I'll walk out in front of a car. No, God give you a brain, and he wants you to utilize it. But so many times we don't submit to that. And what I mean by that, so many times we want to just go ahead and still drive the bus. Let's look at it this way. When we take a look at this, we put it in perspective. He's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, and all-loving. I want you guys to remember that. He's all-loving. See, a lot of times the picture that we get from God, of God, I should say, is very incorrect. Why is that? Because we use the wrong screen, the wrong lens. If you want the proper perspective of God and who he is, we need to look to the word of God. So many times we want to look to the world. Oh, yeah. Well, he created this. Absolutely. But we live in a sin-fallen world. So even our view of God when we look outside is tainted because of the fall of man. So what do we want to do? If nothing else on this point, I want to make sure when we want to get an appropriate picture of God, look to the Lord Jesus Christ through the lens of his word. Amen? That's a good thing. That'll preach by itself right there. What else do we got? Lean not on our own understanding. Why is that? You know, if it comes between what I know and what God knows, I'm thinking we ought to go with him, you know? And, and, but so many times we don't do that. And that's what I was talking about, the submission. Just saying, you know, Lord, I know you know best. Have you ever seen somebody that's walking with the Lord and they're going through a terrible time? And they go, I've talked to this lady one time, just popped in my mind. And it was a friend of mine's wife and she was looking for a job. And, and um, she was a really strong believer, is a strong believer in the Lord. And uh, I said, well, what's, what's your plan, you know? That's, me and my wife always said, what's the plan? You know, God, what's the plan? And she says, well, I really feel like the Lord's leading me this way, you know? I think it was in the music ministry thing, and I'm going to do this. I said, yeah. I said, so what happens if that don't work out? She says, there's no plan B. I'm trusting God with that. Wow. I don't think it's a bad thing to have a plan B. But she was so... Uh, had her heart wrapped around by faith in what God had spoken to her heart, she wasn't going to budge on that. And I thought, wow, that was beautiful. And, and, and I believe, and I have faith. But sometimes we just get over a little bit. And I was like, okay, well, if that don't work, what are we going to do? And if that don't work, you've got to plan A, B, C, and all these things, man-made thing. And I think God gives us wisdom to have these backup plans and things like that. But I'm saying if God spoke something into your heart, hold to that dream. Lean not on our own understanding. But trust in God, all right? So that's what I was hoping to bring out of that right there. A couple other things I wanted to, to look at this. What's the next thing we see in there? It says, and he will direct your path. He will guide you. You know, a lot of times we're like, man, I don't, I don't know. We say, man, why are people so lost? We wonder why people are so lost because they're seeking their own understanding. I'm seeking my own understanding many times. So what do we need to do? We need to trust in him. We need to follow in him. We, we, we're so limited in compared to what God wants to do what God is able to do and what God will do. So many times we try to do it in our own strength. And that's why we get frustrated so many times. You know what I mean? We get very frustrated. This is not working out and this is that. And You know, sometimes maybe a door is closing because God wants to take your life and move it in a different direction. 
you know, because, you know, maybe we've been choosing all these things thinking that's exactly where we're going to go. And God says, no, I have a bigger and better plan for you. I want to encourage you this morning that God has an amazing plan for you. You know what I mean? And you say, well, I really feel like it's this, this one thing. But I have no idea how I'm going to get from here to there. And let me tell you, standing up here is a humbling thing. All right? And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome thing. I had no idea. If you talked to me 13 years ago or five years ago, I'd be like, no, I'm just going to play guitar, right, God? But he was gracious and moving us a little at a time, just like his grace and mercy for us to be able to do it once a month, twice a month. Now we're going to be able to do it full time. That was our prayer. You remember the first year we say, hey, look, let's stand together on this and see how God's going to move in that. So what I want you guys to see as we move through our new building, that that's a result of you guys standing in faith, seeking the Lord, and praying about it. You know, a lot of times we go, oh, yeah, that's cool. No, give God the glory for what he has answered in your life. Amen? So what I want to do right here, a lot of times we, we think, man, buddy, you, you know, you're talking about leaning out on your understanding, and you're telling me I need to submit to this, and I, I'm talking to me too, always talking to me. But you say, man, I feel like you're just dogging me. You know, that's what we used to say in the neighborhood. Man, why are you dogging me? I'm not dogging you. I'm trying to cultivate your heart. Okay? And that's the whole deal. See, there's a difference. See, when you cultivate your heart in love, that's a good thing, right? So let's keep on rolling here. Tim, thank you, buddy. This is what I, I always want to be very, very, very sure that we understand this next step. And this is something the Lord gave me. A lot of times when I'm talking about cultivating our heart, and we're going to really break that down today, um, we think, well, man, I got to do this, and I got to do this to be saved. All you have to do to be saved is trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody with me on that. But what happens is God wants to mature us in his Understanding, just like with your kids, okay? And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But this is what I'm trying to put this together. This is what God let me write down. Coming to Christ is a one-time decision by receiving God's provision for sin through faith in Jesus. Okay? We're all right? One-time thing. When you say, the Lord, come into my life, you mean that you, by faith you receive what he's did on the cross for your sin, he places you into the family of God. Done deal. Okay? Then, but walking with Christ is a lifelong, look at this, relationship that is taken a step at a time. A step at a time. All right? That's how we grow. That's how we're working with this. And we, we know that sometimes, but I think sometimes so many things we need to hear it again. Hear it again. And so when I was looking at this, the Lord gave me this. We must realize our dependence on God and know the promises from God to see the purpose of God. And I was like, that really made sense to me when I was writing it down. We really do. We need to realize our dependence on God, right? That submission thing, our trusting in there. That's kind of breaking out. That's the, that's the Buckrow translation of uh, Proverbs 3, okay? All right. We must realize our dependence on God and know the promises from God. Do you know some of the promises from God? You know? Let me ask you this. When you were younger or even now, somebody says, man, I promise, right? That promise is only as good as the one. Who made the promise, right? Is God worthy? Yes. Is he faithful? Yes. Thank you, Lord. And then guess what? That's how we see the purpose of God. When we're going through things, sometimes all we see in that boat we were talking about being adrift, all we see is, man, I'm heading to the rocks. Man, the wave is coming on. And then after somebody in a scuba gear comes up and helps you get out and you go, wow, now I see how God was working that out. Sometimes in the midst 
you don't see when you're in the storm. But that's what the important is, the importance of God's word, known as promise, and belonging in God's family, which we all belong. A lot of times we feel like we don't, but I pray the love that you see when you come in here, that you know you belong. See, that's the whole thing. I want you to know you belong in the family of God because he paid too high a price for you to sit on the sidelines. Amen? So let's see what else we got here. I had a couple of more things I wanted to share off this, this sheet here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He wants us to be productive. He wants us to be productive, why? In sharing our faith and destroying the works of the enemy. We don't need to be pushed around by the devil because we have authority in Christ, amen? So, so many times we don't realize how much authority we have. But I'm gonna tell you what, your words start programming your actions. Does anybody hang out with some negative folks at your workplace or whatever? <laughs> Everybody goes, He's talking to me. Yeah, that's right. You know, man, be careful. I'm not saying, oh, you can't hang out with them. Don't do this. Don't. But man, if you're not careful, they will start, man, spitting that venom into your life. And, and so many times you don't realize it. Maybe your spouse or, or your kids might say, who they've been hanging out with? Can you tell when your kids are hanging out with somebody different? It's like, how come we're listening to that on the radio? How come you're wearing that? We get so easily influenced by others. But you know what? We should be the one doing the influence to the world from a Christ-like perspective, all right? So he wants us to further the kingdom. He wants us to know the word. He wants to cultivate our hearts. Why? Because remember this. God wants us to be his rep representative, right? And somebody sent me a devotion the other day, and I thought this was so good. Think about this. It's a good one-liner. Remember, every time you speak, our hearts are on display. Every time we speak, what's in here is really on display. You ever notice that? Have you ever been hanging out with some people and say, man, that's a really nice guy or a gal or something, and they say something, you go, what was that? And then you say, okay, well, and then you go, on, and then you go, wow. Start leaving little breadcrumbs to where their heart is. And you go, wow, that's very interesting. Because you said you were this, but I'm seeing that. We don't want to do that. However, we choose bad sometimes, and God allows U-turns. So I'm, I'm telling you, don't feel like, you know, if that's going on in your life at times, that you're washed up and you're shipwrecked and you're in the rocks. Let me tell you, God's got a lifeboat, and he's got a Savior named Jesus, and he wants to cultivate your heart and give you another fresh chance today. Amen? A lot of meat in this today, right? Here we go. Now, this is going to start tying into your hands out. That, that was just an appetizer, okay? Here we go. What is the state of our heart? And I was really thinking about this prior to receiving Christ, okay? So we want to take it right from the beginning and right, hopefully, where God's pulling us now, okay? Think about this. Man, our hearts are hard, callous, prideful, and jealous. Prior to coming to Christ, and even sometimes after we know Christ, we kind of start pulling, you know? You ever think about riding on a horse, you got that bit, and they're going, you know, but the word of the Lord will help guide you and keep you on that path. But so many times our hearts get callous and say, well, why do I need to set up this morning? Well, why I need whatever, fill in the blanks. Why, why? And usually it's why do I? Why is it me? What Where's that focus at right there? It's on self. But God wants us to have the focus on him. <laughs> Remember, submit to the Lord, right? If we could get our eyes off self and on to the Savior, man, let me tell you what could God do. It's going to be amazing. Take a look at this. 
our conscience. It was numb to things of God before, right? It was almost rebellious. I don't want to do that. Why do I need to do that? Why should I give? Why should I do whatever? Fill in the blank. You know, whatever that thing, that thing that God's going like this on in your heart, whether it's your time or your talent or your giving or your speech or your relationship, whatever it is, because everybody's got something. God's always dealing with the area of our life, trying to cultivate that so that it will reflect the character of Christ, right, to the world. So think about that. We get rebellious. We get known. Why? Because our spirits are dead to the things of God prior to coming to Christ, right? Remember we were talking about first a person that does not know Jesus, right? Now we're going to transition in just a little bit. Next, our thought process. See, when you get saved, when you ask the Lord to come into your life and forgive you every sin, he'll do it right then, right now. But our mind doesn't get renewed. I'll give you a perfect example. When you said, Lord, come into my life, forgive me of my sins, I'm trusting you today. Did you know everything in the Bible? No. Do you now? No. You know, do I definitely know? You know, not. Not, no, no, not. Say that again fast. <laughs> Man, there's going to be a lot of edits in this week. <laughs> anyway, that just proves my point. That you know what? God's always refining refining and recultivating that. So we look at things in our thoughts from ourselves. Remember, it's a 180 out from, from the world. We go, well, you know, I don't really understand that. Why do they do that at church? Why are they doing this? Well, because guess what? You're looking at it through your lens. Get the lens of the Lord. That's something that we really need to do. Now, I'm going to tell you something else I thought was kind of cool. Is a lot of times with our mind and our conscience and heart, when, it, when it's hardened and things like that to the things of the world, and even after we make that step by grace, right, God is still molding and cultivating these things in our lives. So think about this. Look at the tone that you respond to people in. Oh, it's going to get real quiet now. The tone. Tone is reflecting your attitude, your mind, and where you're at. Remember, we're talking about the heart. You know, I know this from being growing up at my house and then now having kids. You're like, what? I know he didn't just say that. I know. Excuse me, you sure look like my child. You know? See, I kind of go through the process. My dad didn't go through the process, he went to the results. And that was very helpful. I think. It cut down on a whole lot of stuff. Like the, the, you know, the middle ground is like, uh, come here. Come here, let me help you with that. And you know, woo, wow. But you know what? He only had to help me like once or twice. And I got it. I got it real fast. I was like, you know, that's, that's yeah. And I was thinking one time my dad said something and something came out of my mouth. I go, oh, Lord, bring that back. That was not good. And I think it even shocked him. I said something like this. So? Oh, I'm thinking... Oh, oh, Lord, that was not pretty. But you know what? I got nervous just saying it then. That's 35 years ago. I'm going, ooh, ooh, man, that'll get you. But you know what? The tone that you bring forth is everything. You know, we talked about this. Man, that text message and stuff. Man, it will spank you. You know? Oh, your hair looks nice. Or did I say, oh, yeah, your hair looks nice. Oh, your hair looks nice. Three different ways mean three different things. Well, we talked about so many times, we go, wow. And I go, wow, and I got fat thumbs. And I thought, okay, I'll get a smartphone. I could talk into it, and everything's cool. And I could say, hey, man, we had a ball. And I said it to somebody who goes, hey, man, you look bald. <laughs> and I'm going, 
I already sent it. So if you get a text from me and I write fat thumbs on the end, just say, hey, he don't know what he's doing again. I don't mean it like that. But it happens. You know, it's like, man, you need to take that little, you need spell check or something. But you know what? Isn't that the same thing? I believe the Holy Spirit takes that in our life. And if we, we submit our lives to him, when, before this thing goes, whoop, run it through the God filter. And you go, ooh, maybe I should listen. That's one thing I'm, I'm learning, and I need to learn, because I like to talk. And if you talk a lot, you're going to say something to offend somebody. You are. Or bury yourself one, you know? So I'm thinking, man, that guy seems so wise. Why is that? You know, looking around and going, he ain't said nothing in 20 minutes. But then he opens his mouth and removes all doubt. No, he's not. You know, because out of that heart, right? So what I'm saying is this. Watch the tones, especially for our young folks too, um, and, and anybody, but even our, on our, our spouses, you know? Isn't it funny that we put up more, it seems like we put up with more from folks at work than we do at our family. It's just true. You know, you go, well, I don't know. At work you go, you know, I think we really ought to try this. Or maybe we should really try that. At home, you go, look, I said we're going to do this. And everybody goes, what's wrong with him? And then, you're, and then if you happen to walk by in our house, we got these mirrors, right, when you come in? And it's really funny. I ought to look in them more. Maybe not. Maybe yes. I don't know. I thought they were, I'm going to leave that one alone. But, you know, sometimes I'm talking. As soon as I get into it, I say, hey, what's going on? I'm right with this. And they're saying something. I'm going, what? And I go, ooh, that's not a good face for me. That's not a good tone for me. And so sometimes, you know, I'm doing this. So I look, I'm looking in the mirror, I go, hey, baby, how's everything going? You know, we want to try to change that around because we have a different idea of what we, we look like, what we say, and things like that. But what view is the world getting of Christ in you, okay? So take a look at this here. We need to be putting on the full armor of God. And, and also this, I thought about when Miss Tanya had the other week, she had that pitcher of water. And, you know, I want to encourage you guys with this. We cannot pour out what we don't put in. We can't pour out what we don't put in. How much time are you spending in God's Word? How much time are we using the, the, the Word of the Lord to cultivate our hearts? Okay? So it's a process of growing. Remember the first thing we said, man, salvation is a one-time step, one-time deal. But you know what? Our walking out in that maturity is constant. Okay, so that's really what I want us to take a look at this. You think about this. God cultivates the soil of our heart. He plants the seed of his word in there, waters it with his word, and the Holy Spirit will weed it. I put that in there. Man, weeding is not fun. You guys know my weed eater stories. I won't even go through there. But weeding, man, takes a little rolling up the sleeves. And it takes a little TLC because if you get too close, oh, you're going to pull out something that's really good. So what we need to do is let the word of the Lord come in and work in our life. Aren't you glad that God doesn't respond to you like we sometimes respond to others. That's a good place to say amen. Yeah. Because, man, when somebody wrongs you, you go, man, I can't believe that. Can you believe that? And we do it to God all the time, right? And God goes, man, come on back to me. You know, come on back. Let's take a look at this. Let's address this, and let's keep on walking. If we can only respond to others like Christ responds to us. You ever see somebody that's really been in some, some big stuff and, and they find the Lord? We went to a conference a few months back and, and met a guy uh, had been a drug addict for 22 years. It had a lock on his cat. Been in jail, been in this, been in that. But he really got
got a hold, the Lord really got a hold of him. And the first thing that you will find out about this guy, I've been following along a little bit, reading some stuff, checking out and everything else. I'm not putting him on a pedestal. I'm talking about a changed life. First thing when you meet him, you see love. You know what? He never felt like he was loved before. So guess what? Stiff on everybody. But man, when the love of God showed up in his life, boom, reproduced, reproduced. What are we reproducing that God's poured in? Amen? Is it mercy? Is it forgiveness? Is it grace? Is that the Holy Spirit weeding out the jealousy and the callousness of our hearts and working on that? I hope so. You know, also, I think about this. The last part, we said that the Holy Spirit weeds it out. Then the Son has to do the work, right? The Son of God does the work in our life. You ever see a flower? You know, and you can tell, like, which way the, the sun's coming up at your house because that thing will follow. If we could lead with a heart like that for the Son of God instead of the S-U-N, but the S-O-N, and allow our hearts to be cultivated and pointed to, to the Lord, man, wouldn't we follow him? Wouldn't we? I would pray that we would. So let's take a look at this here. I'm going to pick up a little speed here. Getting back into the farming mode here. Cultivating the character of Christ in the heart of the believer. What do we mean by cultivate? Okay? I want to break that down a little bit. To break up the soil or a cultivator or a hoe. I talk about that being the power of God's word. When I was working on this, I thought about when I got my first house. I was a renter. And me and my buddy, my buddy lived down the road. And his dad always had a nice garden. So guess what? I'm thinking, I need a garden. That's cool. You know? So I'm going to get a garden. My dad had a garden. Everybody in the neighborhood has a garden. I'm going to get a garden. But I ain't hoeing that road, uh, hoeing all that. My brother said, hey, man, ain't no problem. My dad's got this cool uh, tiller. So we go get the tiller. My buddy's dad was the ultimate redneck. Love that guy. How many people have a straight pipe? On your tiller. He's got a straight. It's like a hater on that thing. We crank this up. It's like a tractor pull. I know nothing about this thing, right? So I'm going to do it behind my little metal shed. Right, where I first moved, there's a lady that lives next door. And she's kind of cute. I'm going, hey, how you doing? How you doing? She's laying out there, you know, tanning. So me and my buddy's out there. Yeah, man, we're going to knock this out. Ain't not do it. Yeah. She's going. Why do guys think that's cool? I know this lady's going. If that comes across my fence, my husband will hurt you. You know? So I'll get out there, and my boy says, all you got to do, you throw it in gear, do this. I see my dad do it all the time. I say, you ever done it? He said, no, you go ahead. Boom, I'm thinking, we got to get this done. We need more RPMs. Whoa, I mean, blowing smoke, baby. Boom, she gets in there. And it's like having sand on asphalt. It's that cultivating, kind of like the heart that's hardened up. Well, baby, let me tell you what. When I finally caught traction, only thing was digging was my heels because I was going like this. And my shed looked like somebody had took 10, 10 snips to it because it went down the side of that thing. Like that. I mean, I just gutted that baby down the side. And the only thing that stopped me was the woman's fence. And it was going up. And my buddy went like this. Boom, threw it in like backwards, reverse or whatever. And I'm going, whoa, man, finally we get a stop. It's like... You know, man, I'm good. You good? That lady, she got her towel next door. She got her chair. She went in the house. How does that tie in? You know what? Sometimes our heart is very hard, just like that land, right? And the seed of God comes out, bing, bounces off, bing. And somebody comes along with the word of God to try to till that up a little bit. 
and you don't allow it to work, right? And you, man, they're just tearing my shed up. Oh, that, that'll preach by itself right there, too. To till and prepare, right, for the growth of crops. Again, right, we talked about the power of God's word, and then we see the seed of God's word. What is the seed of God's word? I'm talking about the gospel. When we talk about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, the power of life and death. Amen? What else we got? To produce a harvest, all right? What do we mean by that? That's the results of God's word. When you see the results of God's word, that, isn't that amazing? I, I put it like this. The reality of God's word is a changed life. You can't argue with a changed life. You're like, this guy was here, now he's here. What's going on there? It's not just the attitude, right? Those change with everything and emotions and everything else. But a heart condition that has been cultivated by the word of God and had the seed of God planted in it and it starts coming to the fullness, cracking through there. Let me tell you, you start seeing a bountiful harvest in the Lord. Amen? Got a couple of scriptures I want to share with you on this, right? Because we know that that's a process. Everybody, you can take this in your notes here. 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. That's transformation from the inside out. Transformation. The Word of God tilling the hearts of the believer, cultivating that, and then spending time with the Son of God, bringing the harvest. Amen? Amen. Why should we desire to respond like God? Let's take a look at this. Because Christ is a role model. He's our redeemer. If we know who he is and what he's done, guess what? He's worthy, isn't he? Why do we respond? Why should we try to respond like God? Or should we respond like God? Because he's worthy. Take a look at this. When we get a glimpse of his glory, we want more. Have you ever been like in a service like here, like every Sunday, right? And you go, man, that was really cool. I can't wait till next time. That's a good place to say amen. I don't even give me a little amen sign, right? Yeah. But, you know, but what happens is when we get a glimpse of God's glory, when we get in the presence of God, I feel like we always want more. I know I do. But what do we do to get into that? What do we do to spend time? Do we, do we invest, right? Take a look at this. Never be satisfied with just a taste of God, drinking the fullness of his grace. Don't just get a little bit of God. He's got everything available to you, everything available to us, all right? I thought about this in talking to a lot of people and, and things. Every day, millions of people just settle, you know? They just settle. Well, they don't want to put the effort in, the time in, or whatever. They've been wounded, they've been hurt, wherever the case. But you know what? Sometimes we settle for a cheaper car, right? Sometimes we settle for second best. Here's one. We settle for the guy or the girl who pays us attention instead of one who's seeking the Lord. I'm going to tell you what. We need to be seeking the Lord and see who God's going to bring across our path, right? So many times we think, well, yeah, you know, he's not this or that or whatever, or she's not this or that. Well, you know what? Maybe we aren't either. But you know what? If we're looking to the Lord, I know that God will bring the perfect one, right? He'll bring the perfect one. Trust in the Lord with all our heart. Amen? So over and over we look at this. So why are we so shocked Right? When we settle for less, settle less than God's best, right? And then we see our hearts get broken, we see everything else going on, and we go, man, I don't understand that. Did we seek the Lord, or did we just get our best 
Again, I'm going back, tying it back into the very beginning. You know what? I think this too. Don't become spiritually bankrupt when your heavenly Father has an endless supply of grace, mercy, forgiveness, and healing. Provision. God is about provision. It's not about what can I get out of God. It's what you get because you know God. You know what I mean? It's not what I get because, or Jesse or Tom's because, well, that's my dad. So he needs to do this, 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 this. I pray they know they get love, forgiveness, nurturing, ODU football tickets, things like that because of love, right? I throw that in. We won. We won, right? So, you know, whatever it is, God has a provision. But a lot of times, even as Christians, we walk around like we're spiritually bankrupt and there's no reason to because if we're connected to the vine, right? If we're connected to the Lord, all that belongs to us. I've been dealing with a lot of affairs for my dad, right? You guys know that. And, and I'm taking care of stuff first. They want to know who you are. I said, I'm the son. And they go, that's really nice. How do they know I'm the son? Well, I got an ID number and all that stuff like that. When you jump up and you say, I'm the son of, you know, I'm one of the uh, heirs here. I'm, I'm son. My sonship is tied through Jesus Christ, right? My daughtership is tied through Jesus Christ. Well, how's that? Because the Holy Spirit should be working in your life. People say, yeah, I believe that. I understand that. So what I hope is people see those characteristics of Christ coming through the heart of the believer, right? You know, a lot of times we have not because we ask not. I'm going to give you another scripture here. I love this. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask, seek, and knock. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. All right? A lot of times we just, we don't have, I'm not talking about stuff, okay? A lot of times we don't have forgiveness in our lives because we haven't asked God for it. A lot of times we don't experience grace in our life because we haven't asked God for it. It's available. It's available. He has all these things available. He paid the price so that we could have it, right? Let's walk in it, Okay? How does that change my view? My life should look different. My thoughts should be different because I'm renewing my mind. Let's take a look at a couple of these guys. I'm the one that limits God's work in my life. I really thought about that before I wrote that down, right? I really did. And I, I want to back it up with some scripture here. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. You, they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. So it's on me. So many times, right? It's on me if I go, well, I don't understand why this is this and this and this and this and this. Are we aligning our life with the Lord? And what is my view? Because a lot of times you'll see somebody going through some really tough stuff, but their view is different because guess what? Their view is through the lens of the Lord. And you go, man, how can that guy be so happy with this? We talked to in that conference. They were talking about people in Malaysia that are looking for God. They don't know it's the Lord Jesus Christ. They're looking the lady had a, 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 a daughter that's a missionary over there. This is a country that you cannot share your faith. They will hurt you. They will send you home or worse. Okay? Young girl over there because the Lord called her to do this. And there's a place that had 272 steps in this area, concrete. And people would go into this area and they had golden stuff, you know, all these idols and stuff. And people are trying to find themselves, trying to find a savior. There's only one. His name is Jesus. And her daughter called her mom and said, Mom, there's a woman there with no legs going up this 272 steps. And her knees are bloody and she doesn't even know that God will lead her right where she's at. That's crazy. 
You know, and I bring that today because, you know, a lot of times we get in Bacos and we get kind of comfortable and this and that. Man, there's a lot of stuff going on all over the world. And you say, well, here's nothing. We say, well, that's way over there. No, there's a lot of stuff right here. There's a lot of people that drag themselves around right here in the midst of a storm, in the midst of everything, and they got a brother and sister in Christ that'd be glad to lend them a hand. They got a brother and sister in Christ that'd be willing to pray for them. They got a God that will reach out to them right where they're at, no matter what it is. So that's why I say that, you know, a lot of times we limit the work in our own lives of God because we're not looking. Or we've built a wall to keep God out. We pardon our hearts to the things of God, all right? Take a look at this. Click. There we go. What can God do with a life submitted to him? Anything he wants. Anything he wants. You hear testimony and testimony out of everyday folks going through everyday things. But they got an extraordinary God. And I hope we're going to hear some of that next week. Be sure to bring a friend next week. All right? No pressure, guys. <laughs> all right. Stress is not from God. I'm like, wow, how did that pop in there? I was just, you know, a lot of times, man, when we come home, does anybody have a stressful job? Right? Yeah. Okay. The folks that didn't raise their hand, are y'all taking applications? <laughs> I need one of those. No. Um, you know, stress is not from God. We get wrapped up in things. I know we've got a, a deadline. I know that people are counting on it. I know that they, they are doing more with less. Come on, I get an amen on that. Is anybody to understand that? They are doing more with less. Okay? What is our attitude to that? Hopefully we're going, you know what? I'm going to do the best I can. Lord, you're going to give me the strength. You're going to make a way for this. And I don't know how you're going to make a way for it, but Lord, help me to reflect you in the midst of this. God is not about you working as hard as you can, your tongue hanging out, you take your time from your family, you're not sleeping, all these things that you can't even control, right? And then you get up and do it again. Man, you ever see that? You know, I've done that a lot. I'm only 26 years old. I just look like Donald Teeson. <laughs> but you know, it'll wear you down. It will wear you down. Because a lot of times we let those things eat our lunch, right? So you know what? I'll just tell you, stress is not from God. Does that mean it's always easy street? No, there's sometimes there's some tough decisions, everything else. Let him cultivate your heart so that the character of Christ comes forth, all right? Fear is not from my heavenly father. Man, I talk to people all the time. Hey, let's go ahead and try this. You know, I, ran, I know you can do that. Come alongside and encourage them. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Let's go. And they go, I can't do that. I don't know if I could do that. You know, that's a little bit on the big side here. But, you know, adults do that, but they just say it different. Well, I really don't know. Or they'll give you the spiritual answer. Well, I'll pray about it. Right? Do they? I don't know. That's between you and the Lord. <laughs> but a lot of times, you know, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, hey, you think uh, maybe you can give a little testimony next week? Next week? Yeah, next week. Can I do it next week? Sure, can. You can do it any time. And, 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 and actually, you know what? The, the couple of folks that I talk to, they do it every day. They do it every day and don't even realize it. And they do it well. And I appreciate that so much. Check this out. We talked about stress. We talked about fear. I'm going to give you a little word to go with that. Matthew 11, 28 through 29. I'll read it to you. Write it down and look it up a little bit later if you get a chance. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Man, I tell you, when I've been through some of the craziest things in my life, I didn't want the money. I didn't want the this. And I didn't want, I wanted peace. And if you're ever going through something in your life and you have no peace, wow, when you get peace back, 
It's priceless. Who's the Prince of Peace? Jesus. Amen. Amen. God desires to use my life for his glory. See, a lot of times we, we think, well, you know, I think God will have me do this and God will want me to do that. And, and, and Because a lot of times we still got that lens like half closed. I got those new glasses that I should be wearing now and it's got a transition in it. And so, you know, you're doing better than when you didn't have them on before, but when you put them on, you go, oh, yeah, that's what God wants. And then you go up like this, and you can see, and it's like, but God needs me to work this out. And God needs me to work this out. What I'm saying is a lot of times it's a progression. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about a maturing in Christ. Just like with your kids, you want them to be productive. You want them, you teach them things because you love them. You teach them because you know what? You know you're going to get old one day, and you're going to probably have to live with them. Yeah, y'all caught that, right? Right? But you know what? You want the best for them because you love them. God wants the best for you because he gave his best for you already. Have you received that? God is able to make a sinner a saint. Is anything too hard for God? Is anything too hard for God? And I think that, you know, well, man, God can do this and God can do that and God can do this. And I'm talking about these things. And when you speak those things, guess what? Your God starts getting big because he is. And we start saying, man, let me tell you that. When I started preaching earlier, I did not feel good. I feel fine now. Because you know what? I get to talk about God. I get to talk about the living Savior, man. And you know what? All that other stuff just starts kind of flinging off, man. Don't sit in the front row tomorrow. No. <laughs> but you know what? That's the whole thing. He has the power and the grace and, and, and the whole love affair for us, all right? To make a sinner a saint. Perfect in his eyes. Man, now that's power. That's power. That's love. That's grace. That's mercy. So how does this impact my life? I'm going to wrap it up here, guys. You guys have been doing good. Everybody all right still? Yes. Both of you. All right. <laughs> oh, man. It brings joy, peace, and power to my life. When I start understanding who God is and what God's done and allow God to work in my life, and he's cultivated my heart, right, which is an ongoing process, Salvation is not an ongoing process. It is when we come to Christ, all right? I can't say that enough, all right? But what I want to say is our maturing and walking with the Lord, that sanctification, he sets us apart. He wants us to mature in him, okay? All right, I know I'm beating that a little bit, but I, I want to make sure everybody's with me, okay? It brings joy, peace, and power to my life. How do you do what you do? You know? And I'm not just talking about me. People say, you know, uh, a couple of years ago I went to the doctors and they said, oh, what's going on? I said, my heart's like racing, my head hurts and everything and I don't feel good. Well, what do you do? Tell me about one of your days. And they went, oh, no wonder. It's got to be stress. I'm like, no, I think it's probably bad pizza or something. I don't know. I probably should eat something different. But you know, a lot of times people just want to turn it into stress all the time. It's stress. You feel like this because, oh, like, see what I mean? If we take a little time, we go, wow, you know what? Who's in control of my life? What are my priorities? Guess what? Boom. You know why I like to laugh a lot here? Because it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. I want you to be strong in the Lord. I want, you know what? It's like a medicine. A merry heart doeth like a medicine. I guarantee you, I say this from time to time. I know it's dropping your blood pressure down because if you're laughing and all that, you let go of some of that junk in your trunk. You know? Sunday night, sometimes we go, oh man. Anybody get that little queasy feeling about Sunday evening because you got to go back to work? Got some honest faces there. <laughs> My nephew was like, ah, yes. He's a hard worker, man. But you know what? I'm telling you what. Don't let, don't let that happen. Don't let the enemy come in there and steal your joy. 
Because you know what? God's grace is new for tomorrow, and his mercy is new for tomorrow, and he's ready to, to, to fight your battle. You already got the victory, right? It brings hope to the hopeless. Man, I tell you what, we are so grateful for what God has done because we have hope, right? I'm going to pick up some speed. It tra transforms fear into faith. God's love impacts my life, that it transforms my fear into faith. You ever see somebody when they just go, I'm not doing that no more. Why? They make that change. They stand for what God said. They grab the promises of God. They speak the word of God, and they stand on it. That's what I'm talking about, transforming your fear into faith. It allows me an eternal perspective. See, so many times we get the worldly perspective. The worldly perspective, what's a worldly perspective? Right now, a couple of weeks, uh, how long do I live, my 401K, all these things. Not bad things. But if they're, in the, if they're not in the right perspective, man, you can wring your hands all day long. What can I do about the stock market? Nothing. I can't do anything about the price of gold. I can't do anything about that. I can't make them pick the space shuttle program back up. I can't do anything about that. But I can pray for the leaders. I can pray that, Lord, you know, whatever you've given me to do, Lord, help me to do it with, with zeal, with boldness, and, and with a heart for God. You know, and that's my prayer. Do I do that all the time? No, I'm going to be honest with you. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm pushing towards that because God's pushing from the inside out through his grace, all right? It allows me a second chance. That's always good to hear, isn't it? When you miss the mark and God says, okay, let's try it again. Let's try it again. But you know what? Don't use Jesus for a get-out-of-hell-free card. You know what? He's so much more. He's so much more. He's everything, Right? It draws me to Jesus, right? My perspective, how does it change my life, what I've talked about today? It draws me back to the Lord. It draws me back to my first love. Is God your first love? You say, oh, my wife's my first Well, you know what? Who brought your wife to you? God. Well, my children, but who gives the children to you? A buddy of mine lost his brother. And this is before he gave his life to the Lord. And he shared this with me. And, uh, man, powerful story. He was having this tough time. And he was screaming out. And he said, God, why did you take him from me? Wrong perspective. God's not taking people. All right? We're in a sin-filled world and bad things happen, okay? Right? And the Lord spoke to my friend. And it changed his life. And this is what he heard. He wasn't yours in the beginning. He was mine. And I gave him to you as a gift. Wow. When my buddy got a hold of that, it transformed his life. He started serving the Lord. He gave his life to the Lord. He started, he's like, you know what? I know this is tough. And guess what? He can minister to people like I can never minister to people in that area. And, and I see him from time to time talking about that. I know. I know what you're talking about. I can't say I know. I don't know. But you know what? God, in the midst of that terrible thing, God Start working things for the good. There's many things that we don't understand this side of heaven, but you know what? We can trust and put it up against the backdrop of God's goodness and His grace that He is working all things together for the good. Amen? Yeah. It cultivates the character of Christ in my heart. That's what it does when I'm spending time with God. That's what it does when I'm trusting in God. Right? That's what we want to see. And this last thing is this. How does this impact my life? How does the message today, if we can apply that, about allowing God's word to cultivate our heart and about allowing our minds to be renewed, right? 
How does it, how does it impact my life? It changes everything. So I pray today that through what we're sharing today, that you can see that it's not hopeless. We have hope. It's not the end of the road. It might just be the doorway to a decision for Christ today. It might just be that God wants to remind you that, you know what, it's okay to start over today. It might just be that, you know what, there's plenty of grace in God. It might be God's tapping on the thing and said, you know what, you need to give that up because we need to take care of some of these other things. And that's okay too. Because he's willing to take it. He's already took it on the cross. You know what? But sometimes we just need to lay that thing down. And you know, I want to tell you guys, I want want to say this too. I'm so grateful when I see folks be able to bring their children and things like that. One other thing popped in my mind. It it just rocked my brain yesterday when this woman was speaking about this. She said uh, that when when her daughter was sharing about some stuff on her mission trip, that, that... they talked about all the idols and the sacrifices that people do and things like that. And we know way back in the Old Testament time, people that were lost that were sacrificing their kids, right? You say, oh, my gosh, how can we do that? Do we really sacrifice our kids when we don't bring them up in the word of the Lord? Spiritually, right? We're going to send them out there and they don't have a clue? I've talked to people who say, well, you know, they can pick and choose. No, the Bible doesn't say, well, you know, when they get this age, let them do whatever. It says, train up a child in the way they should go. So I want to encourage you moms and dads, aunts and uncles, whoever it is, because God will use you. Speak into those young folks' life. Point them to Jesus. Encourage them in the Lord. So I'm going to ask you guys to, to close your eyes. I want to pray for you before you go. I pray that, that we covered a lot of ground. If you just got a couple of nuggets of God's truth today, I pray, God, that you grow that in each person's life, just what they need, just what they need. I want to be encouraging to my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. I know that this message you just cultivated my heart so much in areas of my heart that just needed to be exposed to your truth. Lord, thank you. And I know it's not always uh, it's not always fun. But the truth, like you say, your word says, the truth of your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, allow your truth today to cut away the old, bring forth the new. In Jesus' mighty name. If there's somebody here today that's never given their life to the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that today is the day you say, you know what? That made sense. Lord, make it make sense. Please, God, make it make sense. So they know that they need you. If that's you today, I want you to just look up here. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you right where you're at. And say, you know what? Today is the day that I'm making a decision for Jesus. Like we said, that's a one-time deal. God can save you right here, right now. But he wants you to walk it out. And you know what? If you're here today and you say, man, that cultivating stuff is tough. Well, you know what? It's an ongoing process. But the more we till our hearts with the word of God, the softer the soil is so that we can receive the blessings of God. I pray that for each one here today, Lord, with myself, with my family, with my friends and ministry team, with every person that comes through this door, I pray that you would till our hearts and, and, and turn our hearts back to you and our ears open to your word so that you can transform our life from the inside out so that we can impact this community, this world, our families, and our workplace for you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Good. Give the Lord a hand clap. I hope you guys enjoyed that. It was a, it was a blessing putting it together. We're going to do... Uh...